0: What is up, you hyper-intelligent apes, you beautiful people? Man, I'm so glad to have you. Can I just say that real quick? I am so glad to have you right here in your ears. Yeah, so glad. So glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. So um, me and Kelly, this was our second take at recording this. Um, We had some audio issues. (sighs) Folks, I don't know if you I've made this clear or not. Um, this podcast, right it's it's not your normal podcast this this podcast is alien transmission of some sorts. yeah, so like I was on my little spaceship cruising through space, the asteroid belts, the edges of our universe um, transcending into the multiverse and I came across across uh, planet Z and then some junk that I had at an old 1960s tube radio and on planet ZM at this intergalactic shaman that gave me these crystals and we infused them together so you yes you you beautiful people could pick up this wonderful transmission and on today's transmission we have my good friend Miss uh Kelly Brandon she's uh wow Kelly 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 <laughs> Man, she's an she's a really awesome person. Um, I'm so glad she's a, she that we've stayed friends for so long. We've been friends for a long time, and um, we talk a lot about her being a foster mama and uh, what she's doing with her charity and stuff. And man, it was we, we had some really great conversation. Um, some stuff about purpose and life, and you know all those things that we we question constantly in our careers and personal lives. But anyways, hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Let's go ahead and get this thing started. looked at the audio last night and it was not that great and kelly had like a lot of awesome stuff she was talking about with her charity nonprofit, and what she's doing um fostering and yada 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 and i felt like it was a big un- it was um not misjustice is it misjustice or unjust un- it was yeah. unjust it wasn't right because um it's it's i really like i'm not speculating that a lot of people will or will not listen, but, like, I want, if whoever does listen and shows interest, I want them to listen and not be annoyed by all the static and stuff, and, yeah, so that's, that's mainly it, and so, you know, too, like, I didn't really, I think, I haven't really told you too much, I don't think, but one of the big reasons I did this wasn't because it was just a passion project, and I wanted to do this for a long time, like, do a podcast, but more or less, like, I've been wanting to do this because, Um, Right now, especially, we live in like a crazy fucking time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of like just like animosity and like people that just hate each other and Mm -hmm. not enough people talking to each other. And there's people doing great shit all over the world and that's not hurt enough, especially like your story. And I want to talk to just anyone and everyone and gain perspective because like I'm afraid. especially more so for the last five years of being pigeonholed down to like one idea and be like, that's my belief system permanently mm-hmm. forever and always. Like I would like to, um, and I don't want to seem wishy-washy either, but I would, I want to always stay open to listening to somebody else. Um, even though I may have certain beliefs, like I'm always opening open to hearing someone else. And, um, of course hearing someone's doing something like you are. So, um, Let's dive right in. You want to tell people, like, exactly how you got started and um, what, it, I guess, start maybe with um, what you do exactly.
1: Okay. Um, so, I uh, foster children as a single 26-year-old, and um, I have only been licensed for a few months. The process was about five months long because of COVID, uh, just Everything having to be over Zoom, organizing. Usually they uh, do a lot of the trainings in huge groups, but they yeah. had to do them individually in our home. So it took a long time. So I've been licensed since June of this year. Uh, I've watched a total of three children. My longest one, though, was for two and a half months my foster son, who was five and a half years old, and he just went back to his mom uh, probably two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah that is my passion but what I do for work is um, accounting a little bit of human resources at a place I've worked at for about eight years mm-hmm. so that is my life it's an awesome <laughs> and one. in a nutshell yeah. yeah
0: and and what was it that was the starting point for you why fostering kids not saving um the whales like like I said yesterday <laughs> yeah. fuck the whales was yeah. uh, I, response,
1: think, I think yesterday I said I don't care about the whales <laughs> yeah. sorry Peta. yeah um, <laughs> not great animals not my priority yeah. um but uh yeah so I have always had like a heart for fostering I honestly like can't pinpoint where it came from I just remember as a child thinking about it and even mm-hmm. in like my early journaling cuz I've Journal or what people would say diaries my entire life I remember saying things like writing notes to my future foster kids and just always yeah how how old were you I started journaling when I was like maybe in second grade
0: and you were at second grade you were journaling to your future foster kids
1: (laughs) wow just to like this was like this
0: was meant to be this was always a thing
1: yeah I've recently actually a lot of my journals from childhood I don't have anymore but I found like little notes that I've kept and stuck in my like memory boxes of notes I wrote to my future children of like what I'm doing to be better, which at that time I was not doing anything to be a good person. I was terrible. But Mm -hmm. so anyways, always been on my heart. Um, I also had a friend when I was younger uh, who was in the foster system. and I don't know her, didn't know her full story because, you know, I was thinking I was in the fifth grade, never thought to ask. I just knew she was in the foster care system. And then her foster parents were not great to her. The school kind of Found out, got involved. She got taken away. I never got to see her again. And it just always stuck with me because she was such a troubled child. And we were always in trouble when we were together. Um, and so I always just thought if I ever have the chance to do that, I'm going to do it and be a good foster parent and a good example.
2: Yeah.
1: And so this year, I just deep dove, like yeah. literally into it, which is kind of crazy. Went from being mm. like a single 26-year-old living near downtown Fort Worth to a single 26 year old mom yeah. to foster children yeah. And, yeah
0: and it's a drastic change like it's yeah. a, like almost polar opposite life mm-hmm. but you like i know we talked yesterday like it's like this wave though because like you could have got uh you could be fostering someone for three years mm-hmm. and now it's um you you had like how, how, how long did you foster
1: uh, two, well, one? yeah, about two and a half, three months, I two think. Two and a half, three months. Yeah. And I can't really remember exactly. So like you're back
0: in this wave now of like yeah, what your life was before almost. Yeah. But at a moment's notice, you could get the call
1: mm-hmm. and saying, hey, Kelly, yeah. you got a lifer. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, um, very like a wave. So like up and down, you never know who you're going to, I mean, you can say yes or no every time they call you, but you never know yeah. what that call is going to be, what time you're going to get it, what age. What gender, what that kid's gone through, if it's going to be temporary, if it's going to be, you know, they're going towards adoption. Like, I, my first call was about a one-day-old baby who was basically going up to adoption Mm
2: -hmm. if they
1: couldn't find, um, like, the next of kin to take this baby. Excuse me. And um, then I also accept teenagers, haven't got a call about, I've actually newly raised my age to teens. So I haven't got a call yet. Pretty certain that's what I'm going to get because a lot of people won't take teens. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I'm right now back into my young, single adult, adulthood yeah. trying to figure out, like, what what to do with my day-to-day.
0: Is it weird being back in this, in this like, frame of mind, this mm-hmm. lifestyle now?
1: For sure. Because, like, I,
0: you didn't have the freedom before to come all the way out here to El Paso yeah. and go camping. Like, and I know you love those things. Yeah. And, and you don't want to give those things up, I'm sure, mm-hmm. along this journey. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's definitely been a strange transition. I mean, like two weeks into it. And even though, you know, a lot of people probably think, well, you only were a parent for a few months, mm-hmm. but when you go from every choice you make in a day is just directly affecting you, obviously it has an impact on people around me as well, friends and family, yeah. but you know, what time I wake up, what time I eat, what time I leave work, what time I go into work, what time I, you know, decide to brush my teeth or if not, like yeah. that's all up to me. And then in a split second, like within a matter of a phone call, all of a sudden your whole life becomes, okay, I need to wake up early so I have a few minutes to myself before I have to get this child up and get them bathed and teeth brushed and fed. And I need to, you know, I have to take into account how slow children move and Mm -hmm. how much longer everything takes. And I got to get them to daycare at a certain time and then I got to get to work. And now I have to leave work at a Mm -hmm. certain time to go pick them up from daycare and what activities we're going to do when we get home so they're not bored and and then going back to just, you have, you know, let's say I'm awake for 16 hours, which is more mm-hmm. like nine or 10 now, so I'm always mm-hmm. tired, but like 16 hours of the day, all of a sudden is like, what do you want to do today, Kelly? Mm-hmm. Again. And it's a very bizarre transition. Yeah. And to know that in a split second, I can go back to that other life, yeah. which just kind of a weird feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. not, not like having that, for instance, you and Camilla as new parents, like, she had that baby for nine months in her yeah. stomach. You guys were prepared. Yeah. You were going to see the transition of Clark's yeah. life.
0: Yours is just day and night. Yeah,
1: and it's like, I didn't have time to prepare. It's like, here's a five-year-old. Next, maybe here's a 16-year-old. Here's yep. And I'm like, I don't have anything to parent 16-year-old. I didn't raise them. I don't know what any of the transitions of life leading up to that. I didn't grow with them. I just yeah. got them. So, yeah, it's a it's, fun experience. Yeah, it's
0: definitely an experience. very interesting, mm-hmm. and it's not a... I, I think you're like one of the only friends I know or have that's really fostering. I know I know I think I have a friend that's adopted
1: mm-hmm. a few
0: kids, which I'm sure is very different as well, mm-hmm. or almost in the same, almost in the same playing field a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah. So we're almost ten minutes in. Is it weird having to repeat all this again?
2: Yet
1: no, because I feel like we're on a different mind track a yeah. little bit than yesterday. Mm-hmm. I liked the conversation we had yesterday and i hope some of it will feed back into this yeah. but it does feel a little and i can honestly endlessly talk about fostering so that's good yeah so i don't mind having Well, that's what you're here either. for yeah
0: and, and and honestly i feel the same way a little bit because like um it's like if i'm going to let's say like interview an author mm-hmm. on a specific book like i want to make sure i've read that book yeah. And now going back into this conversation, like I have a little bit more insight and yeah. I have a better feeling of like what I could ask you, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. especially after
0: sleeping over it too. So, um, yeah, I think, I think this is going to be a little bit better yeah. in my opinion. Um, but, um, uh, yeah. So also, um, like, can you explain to everybody that's listening, like the process a little bit, mm-hmm. like how, like, cause it was kind of a lengthy process and what yeah. that was like and like,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, um, kind of weirdly, uh, depending on your beliefs, what you Mm -hmm. believe in, how I got into this could have been a coincidence. Mm -hmm. You know, I Mm feel like it was God kind of pushing me towards it, but it was a conversation that I had with a coworker, Mm -hmm. which started with a speech I was giving. It was a persuasive speech for college and it was, you know, persuade the class to, um, do something for like mm-hmm. a cause yeah. and the teacher listed a bunch of stuff and I was like I don't even know I'll just I'm and she said you know you can think of your own but I so I'm going down the list because I'm just not a great student and I'm like I'm not gonna think of my own I'm just gonna pick something and try to figure it out mm-hmm. and it said becoming a foster parent and I was like oh I know a lot about that yeah I'll do that and so I'm I'm reciting my speech to my co-worker practicing and she's like were you, like, did someone give this, do your teacher assign this or did you pick it? And I said, well, she had a list. I picked it from there because I already know a lot about it. I knew it'd be easy. She was like, why do you know a lot about it? And I'm like, oh, I've looked into it a bunch of times. And so she encouraged me to do it. And I was like, you're crazy. I'm single. I'm only 26, never been a parent, Um, you know, part-time student, full-time employee. It's just a lot. And so long story short, she convinced me to do it. And so I kind of every step of the way was like, okay, I'll just go to this informational meeting. And so I went to the information meeting, which for people thinking about foster care, there is like a million ways to get into it. I highly suggest going to an informational meeting. I'm sure they have them everywhere. If not, sorry about yeah. you. But, <laughs> but, but it really, like, it was put on by an agency along with, um, a, it's technically CPS, but in Texas mm-hmm. it's called OCOK. Um, and it They just tell you, like, this is kind of the process. This is why we need foster parents. A lot of it is more like a guilt trip. They just want you to, like, they show us this very sad, horrible video of this girl who's in Mm. foster care. And it's, like, so heart-wrenching to where you're, like, and they give you an application there Mm -hmm. and some more information. They also give you this list of all the agencies in your area Mm -hmm. and what they accept. Like, do they accept singles? Do they accept, you know, some of them have age restrictions and things like that. What are their religious views? Mm -hmm. And so from there, you pick an agency. Um, so I picked ACH and uh, love them. They've been so great through the process. And so then from there, I went to their informational meeting. They, um, You go through, I believe it's like four different approval mm-hmm. yeah. parts. So like the first step is you go, you meet them, you do the application. You have to do background mm-hmm. check, fingerprinting, yes. drug screening, uh, physical, all of that, like preliminary just to see if like, are you physically and mentally capable of actually caring for one of these children. Uh, Once you get approved for that, you go into the longer process of all the trainings, um, which is extensive. It's a month long of training, um, many hours. I can't even remember how many you have to have to become a foster parent, but it's a lot. Um, So, yeah, five months later, they also do home studies, which are extremely nerve-wracking because not only... Does your house have to be like, you know, kind of quote unquote baby proofed, but you have to have like medicine locks Certain medicines yeah. have to be double locked. If you have um, guns, it has to be like the ammo and the gun are separate. They have to be like double locking things, mm. which doesn't really make sense because if someone breaks into your house, it's going to be impossible to go and, you know, get yeah. your gun, but not my concern. I don't have any weapons, but anyways, just things like that that you like never
0: considered before. Yeah.
1: Never. And then,
0: and they're, they're kind of like say they make you also, correct me if I'm wrong, it almost makes you have to live your life in a very responsible way. Mm-hmm. And then not just you, anybody involved in your life, yeah. i.e. roommates, family members, yep. yada, yada, yada. Anybody that would be involved, that's directly involved in your life on a regular mm-hmm. basis, um, family and friends as well. Yeah, like or, my... Did I say that right? Yeah. I it? Friends and family, yeah. yeah, whatever.
1: But yeah, like my... Um... Friends that want to babysit, they have to get background checked as well. Mm -hmm. Um, All they had to, I had to have like two family. Well, aside from my parents and my siblings, I have to have two additional family references. So I did like an aunt and a cousin, Um, two work references, two. I can't even remember. Like all, it was like fifteen different people Mm -hmm. that had to write literal referral Mm -hmm. uh, letters to the agency saying like yes we believe kelly can be a good yeah. parent and you know things like that um and thank god they all need good references yeah. of yeah. course because i'm not yeah. going to pick people who wouldn't but yeah um and they really like dig into your life yeah. and you know because they and a lot of people find it offensive i didn't because this is my passion i don't care what mm-hmm. question you're going to ask me i'm going to do it if i can help these children yeah um But at the end of the day, like they're responsible for the Mm -hmm. kids and they, those kids have already been through so much and they want to make sure that you are not going to add trauma to their life or be a negative, you know, influence on them. So,
0: yeah, this is kind of a sidebar, but you know, Mm -hmm. saying everything you're saying, um, I guess also like, and correct me at any point that I I misspeak or I'm wrong, but this is Mm -hmm. a very strong vetting system. Mm -hmm. Like they're really digging in to get to know you. So um, like I said, this is a little off topic. But if you were a foster foster parent, this might be really good for career advancement stuff like this. Because Mm -hmm. if you can say like I was a foster parent, and anybody that knows anything about what it takes to become a foster parent knows that oh, this is like a responsible, reliable human being that. That's a good point. That just clicked on my brain because because I recently went through a similar type of vetting system for um, some clearances, and Mm -hmm. it was very brutal as well, and. Um, I didn't even consider it at the time like until afterwards people were telling me like oh now that you're at this point you know there's a lot of good jobs that will hire you based off of Mm -hmm. just this and I was like oh wow that's very true and and hearing what you're telling me is like almost very parallel to what I went through. Yeah Yeah,
1: that's so true because it really is like it's terrifying but it it makes you like really think about yourself and like. Am I? Can I do this? Like, yeah. am I this responsible? And yeah. you know, they go through all your finances, yeah. your past history, like yeah. your medical they go, records. They go. Do they go
0: through like your old jobs and stuff as well?
1: Do they uh, go that I far think back? I had to list them, but you know, yeah. I've only worked two places, so yeah. it's pretty. You know, I think actually, I think it's like they go back the past like seven years or something. and I've worked yeah. at Watermere for eight, yeah. and so.
0: Dude, I was sweating bullets when yeah. they were, like, look, like calling people up. And people are calling me, like, hey, uh, so-and-so, just call me. Are you good? And I'm just yeah. like, oh, my God. And Like, yeah. not that I'm a bad person, but I, I know I haven't been favorable to every single human being I've yeah. come in contact with. I've tried to get better over the years. But I was For still sure. a bit nervous because um, they go back, I think, seven years as well. And I'm like, what kind of person was I seven years yeah. ago? <laughs> Who did I know? <laughs> did I burn anybody? Oh, shit. Could I need to apologize to you real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: oh man that's funny yeah yeah it's a weird thing but I like not to discourage anyone because it is such like a fun thing to Mm -hmm. do and I've really I mean I haven't been in it that long and I know a lot of people have done it for years and years and they get sour to it because all these people because you know still after your license after they can trust you then CPS does um, a random check, which isn't really random, but Mm -hmm. that's also terrifying because then they go again through all your stuff. And that's like when you have a child and it, you know, when you have a child that doesn't behave well, it's like, is that going to be a representation of me as a parent? And it isn't. They know those kids have trauma and, you know, they act up and things like that. But Mm -hmm. it's still like people are just in and out of your house, going through your stuff, asking you all these questions and, uh, so it can be nerve-wracking when you're kind of like, all I want to do is help out this kid, but, yeah. you know, it's still yeah. worth it. And, the, sure. and those
0: kids have it pretty tough um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, they, like, I know the the last kid you fostered, mm-hmm. he, um, can I say he? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. cool. I it's not his make, name or, I, like, what yeah, specific yeah, I just want to, I want to I make sure. I don't want to get you in any
2: trouble. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, so um i know he was like very like responsible for mm-hmm. his age like could tie his shoes and we made a joke about like it was like he could do all these things for his age but mm-hmm. it was like clipping his toenails that yeah. he like, hung up on <laughs> yeah and that that was pretty funny but these kids um more or less i forgot where i was going with it but they're it's you got to be responsible to like at least some level or degree you have mm-hmm. to be vetted and they have to go through these processes because it's not easy and it's definitely mm. it definitely is not easy on the foster parent either because yeah. like it is a big learning curve like it's one thing like me like having my son and being able to mentor and mold him and work with my wife and work out our problems mm. and still be functioning adults and be an example to our son and mentor and grow him but then you get a teenager or a ten yeah. year old or five-year-old that's just just damaged and that's yeah. that's that's a lot of work and what mm. I really wanted you that that I that I was really excited to hear um, yesterday when we spoke was about how it's not just about you fostering um, a child from a broken home, but it's also mm-hmm. trying to bring that broken home back together. Yeah, you remember? Do you remember yeah, when we were talking about yeah, that?
1: About bio families. Yeah, about biofamilies. Yeah, um, and I think we kind of got there from a podcast that I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't remember the name of it, but it's by Foster the Family. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll try to find it while I keep uh, talking. But um, they, like, this lady's fostered for a long time. I don't know her, like, full story. I mean, I've read it, but I've Mm -hmm. listened to so many podcasts. But anyway, she... One of the things that I've loved the most about her is her really, like, determination to build relationships Mm -hmm. with bio-parents, even if they don't want it, Mm -hmm. you know, because with foster care in case people like aren't familiar with it a lot of it is um is about well i mean all of it is about reunification like they always say that um it's called real real mom podcast um Mm -hmm. but a lot i can't remember what they like people it's like a saying in foster care where it's like nothing's final until it is so it's like that child is not yours forever adopted until Mm -hmm. the day that judge signs the paper saying it is because up until the day before your very last court hearing where the parents have already got the rights terminated the you know the next of kin have not stepped forward it's like it still can be ever-changing and so it's all about reunification and they Mm -hmm. that is a lot of our training is Mm -hmm. if you are foster or foster to adopt your goal is to reunify them. Even if it's foster to adopt, even if your goal is I want to adopt a child out of this, Mm -hmm. you still have to be on board for those kids going back home. And so a lot of the things that I think her name is um, Jamie, that she talks about in the podcast is um, like, for instance, sending pictures at the weekly visitations Mm -hmm. to the parents of like what we've been doing this week. And so for my foster son, he started kindergarten when he was with me. And for me, um as you know a new parent thinking about all the you know little babies um I couldn't imagine a mom missing out on their child's very first day and because he's the oldest in his family as well that's also sad where it's like that's the first child going into his first grade of school ever and you're missing out on that and so I got him like a little sign said first day kindergarten took a picture printed it off gave it to his mom at the visitation and she thanked me and then later on her caseworker uh reached out to me and was like hey I heard what you did for the mom with that picture like that's so awesome most people don't do that and it really is like because if you think about it um I actually wrote like a blog post on this on my website which I think we'll get to later but it I was saying how like these kids Like they're not just my kids or the government's kids or their parents' kids. Like they belong to the world. Like they are citizens of this world. And if we don't give them if we just like dismiss them because they're troubled because of trauma that they didn't choose to happen to them, then that kid is still gonna grow up and still gonna be a citizen and you may they're still
0: gonna function in the society right next to you. Yeah, and they're gonna raise their kids. kids.
1: Yes, exactly. They're gonna raise their kids alongside yours. They may be your neighbor Mm. or, you know, an a co-worker, yeah. you're going to have to deal with them one way or another. So you might as well make a good impact yeah, and absolutely. same with their parents. Like their parents are in this world and whether I think personally it's a good decision for them to go back or not, the judge rules it for a reason. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that that child sees, Hey, like, you know, I'm on, I want to support your parents. Mm-hmm. I think you should too. And in turn, like that's also me supporting you and showing the bio parents, like I'm not here to take your child from you. I am a temporary home for them to be taken care of and loved in while you figure out your stuff. Yeah. And I want you to because ultimately, like, a child does belong with their parents no matter if I feel like I can provide better Mm -hmm. for them or not. It doesn't matter. They need to be Mm -hmm. with their parents if that's what's best for them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of a – it's a weird feeling for sure because sometimes – I mean, most of the world or people, I should say, that I've talked to about it is always like, oh, can you even – Like, what happened? What did their parents do? Can you even believe that they would do something like that? How can you just drop a baby off and leave? And, like, those parents probably had some kind of lifelong trauma, just like their children now have. Yeah. They didn't overcome it, and it's unfortunate. But if they're trying, that's great. If not, that's also okay, because everyone's damaged. Everyone's broken. Yeah. And, and hopefully their kids end up in good foster homes and have a better life and learn from that Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day like something may have happened to that parent that was also out of their control and they didn't have a mentor or a loving person to talk to about it and so they turned to drugs or drinking or abuse or like whatever the situation may be and so you can't really fault them for that maybe Mm -hmm. they haven't also had Mm love and so by trying to build a relationship with them to show them like, I don't know you, but I love you and I want the best for you as well. Hopefully that'll, that'll uh, help them out. I think. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And you know, I'm, I'm resonating with like everything you're saying right now. Like I've had a huge discontent with this um, idea and it's not like I disbelieve this idea this, pull yourself up by your bootstraps Mm -hmm. mentality. Like, yes, there's a lot of things that, you need to take 100 percent responsibility for but there are certain people and especially foster children that are not in a position to pull themselves up by their bootstraps they become part of a mm-hmm. bubble where they're surrounded by drugs um you know just all kind of, that's just yeah. the first one but a lot yeah. of bad shit, right so there's there's so much stuff that they're surrounded by at such a young age and to think that that doesn't Mold their brains and the their the way they view society and everything else. Mm-hmm. Especially if they go through the foster care system and it's it's a completely fucked experience. Like you are explaining, you had a, a friend that just disappeared yeah. one day because she had shitty foster parents. Like you, those type of people, I can only imagine that they lose faith. And I've had a huge discontent with this because, like, I've seen so many times. We're both from Fort Worth. Like you have like white settlement right here, and mm-hmm. then like. Right over here is like Northside and it's yeah. like two totally different worlds. And then mm-hmm. right down the street is, is Lancaster. And it's, it's like the, yeah, it's, I've, I've had a huge discontent with people just being able to say to people that are living on the streets, homeless or in the foster care mm-hmm. um, system, just pull yourself up and figure it out. Like, yeah, and, and not consider like, Hey, yeah. like, yeah, that's good. You know, they still need to put in some effort, take responsibility but they don't understand that mantra they don't understand what that is yeah we gotta we gotta help them we gotta help them get get to that point to where they can pull themselves up to their bootstraps they're not at that point right
1: now. yeah if people have never heard that like it's such a far-reaching concept because like if you think about it like us being raised in fort worth like think about the first time you ever left Fort Worth, or like even went to Dallas, and you're like, Whoa, the city's so big, people live like this. There's these huge mansions and people in nice suits driving cars. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I didn't know this existed Mm because you know, Fort Worth isn't really like that. The people dressed in suits drive big trucks and wear cowboy hats, yeah. Just up the road in Dallas, it's like you know, Audis and Ferraris and stuff. And with these children, shout out to Highland Park, (laughs) yeah, the dream, uh, like these children and even their parents they may have never left their little community yeah and it's yeah for for people to just hate on them I mean my family specifically my brother no offense Cody thinks that I'm too forgiving because that is how I see things it's like even you know people who've been mean to me in my life I'm like something has happened to them that made them that way so I don't fault the parents although it is very frustrating when I'm raising their children for them and and you know I obviously can't I mean I could have a kid right now but I would like to wait until marriage Mm -hmm. um but when I can't have a kid and this is my way of you know raising children and to Mm -hmm. see the things that their own parents have done to them is just really
0: yeah
1: it's hard for sure yeah
0: yeah and you know let, let me ask you a question. Do you believe, like, I think it's, this I might be butchering this, it's like nature or nurture? Like, do you think mm-hmm. people are born evil or do you think people are, like, mm-hmm. raised evil?
1: Honestly, kind of both. Because, mm-hmm. like how I said earlier about bio parents, someone may have caused them trauma. Mm-hmm. Well, that person that caused them trauma probably also had trauma. But that trauma started with one person like at some point who started it. And that person, mm-hmm. you know, they could have been... Evil and that's and then everyone else was just the the victim of that Mm -hmm. you know ongoing evil, Mm -hmm. but I do feel like I know we touched on this yesterday. Like everyone can change, even you know the people that are the most evil in the world. Because I think most people can agree that there is evils out in the world. Some horrific things happen in this world that we live in, but I mean we've seen people change like time and time again. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so maybe it is in their nature. Maybe you can nurture them out of it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: You think, like, we have an obligation as a society to help those that are trapped in those bubbles?
1: Yeah. I think... Yeah. I don't know if it's an obligation, but I think it... it you, yeah, maybe, because it is, like, everyone's purpose on well, this the, earth. Well, the reason I
0: asked though, the reason mm-hmm. I asked that is because, like, this is an old saying. I heard this, like, growing up playing sports and stuff, mm-hmm. like you are as, you're as strong as your weakest link. Uh, yeah. Hotline. And like, like, yeah, for sure. I want a strong America. I like, I think America's like, between me and you, I think America's, well, and everybody listening, <laughs> I think it's the greatest country yeah. for real. Like, I mean, I'll probably get a lot of like criticism for that, but like, I really think America's great. We've historically done great things, mm-hmm. whether you believe that or not. And, that's a whole nother conversation but yeah like there are great things that we have done as americans not just our elected officials yada yada, yada. Mm-hmm. as americans we've done some pretty outstanding things and you know i want to continue that stretch to greatness like america is always like bigger faster stronger like mentality. Yeah. let's go to the moon you know like we're we've always like had that like expectation standard and like I feel this is one end we're failing on is like that idea of you are as strong as your weakest link. Like, dude, if you know how to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and make some shit happen, then you need to go out in the world and help more people do that. Yeah. That's, that's that's my idea. And yeah. is that right? I don't fucking know. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm trying to figure all this stuff out called life just as much as anyone else. Yeah. But I do believe that. I believe that you are as strong as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't see what the issue is with trying to help these other yeah. communities – that are in despair, or foster children, or homeless.
2: Yeah, so.
1: yeah, and I'm obviously a big advocate of fostering um, and helping the homeless people. But mm-hmm. it could be like literally anything that yeah. you can, you know, that you can do that really helps out just like your community in the world. And, yeah, you know, what whatever, how big or how small it is. Yeah, and
0: we and we talked about this yesterday too, right? We talked about like. If you're like, you have, we talked about purpose and people finding purpose and there's so many people and I know them. I see them in in my job. I see them in my friend circles, yada, yada, yada. They're like, they're literally only doing what they're doing to put beans on the table. Like, that's it. They're only doing it. Like, if you're only doing things to survive, then you're not thriving. You're not living, you know, like, and and of course you're going to be miserable. Like, money's great. Like, money can do, excuse me, money can do a lot of great things for, for you, but it can also... It can make you really jaded. It can make you very, um, I don't want to say money's the root of all evil, but, I mean, it can make you, like, greedy. It can make you, you know, do, like, unfavorable things. Yeah. But when you're doing things for your community and you're actually applying your time and effort to try to make the world a better place, then you engage in the world, I feel like, a lot differently. Mm -hmm. And it makes you... Like, it sounds selfish. Like, I do, I help people so I can feel good about myself. Yeah, but, like, but, but it's outcome. important. Yeah. yeah, it is the outcome. And it feels good, though. It feels yeah. good to to um, to know that you're contributing to society and other ways of just working a job. Of course, you need to do something instead of just sitting around eating Cheetos, sitting on the couch, watching Netflix. Yeah. But, uh, of course, you need to work and uh, contribute to the economy. Mm-hmm. But there's other work to be done as well. Like, it's not just that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like the selfish part of being selfless like if you if you start it for start doing whatever it is for selfish reasons mm-hmm. literally go do it I don't care why yeah. you start it because I guarantee you that once you start volunteering once you start advocating helping like doing whatever it is you're doing your heart will change from it being a selfish thing yeah. because literally that's what happened to me like Last year, I was just in such a, like, I wouldn't say, like, the deepest, darkest place in my life, but just, like, not a good place. Mm-hmm. I had just gotten out of, like, a long-term relationship, didn't really know what to do, was really confused, mm-hmm. moping around. And I remembered, like, caught, like, going on this tour of the Union Gospel Mission in downtown Fort Worth and thinking, like, oh, it'd be so cool to volunteer there. And then mm-hmm. I just never did, because the only time I could would be for the breakfast shifts in the kitchen, which you have to be there by around 5 a.m. and so I'd have to wake up at 4 and I was like never gonna do it and I listened to the sermon about singleness and using your singleness for good and helping Mm -hmm. out the community and don't just waste it looking for the next person you can be with and so I really like took that to heart and I was like okay I'm gonna do that but it was more so a selfish thing it was like Mm -hmm. I want to feel good about myself I need this I'm in a dark place I don't know how to like Wake up and get out of bed and do stuff. I have no motivation. Mm-hmm. I've been at the same job forever. I've been going to school for literally forever, yeah. <laughs> and dear God, it's taken so long. But um, dude, you're uh, <laughs> dude. I'll tell
0: you this much: I'm still yeah. going to school, and I'm not even half as close as you are yeah. to, to your 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 next degree. Um, yeah, it's a struggle for good real. Good for but you. You're yeah. doing great. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you. I needed that. <laughs> <On> that <end. laughs> Keep, yeah. keep going.
1: But honestly, like once I started serving breakfast there, waking up at 4 a.m. to eat breakfast and let my dogs out to get to the mission was like my favorite part of the week. I waited yeah. until Fridays because I wanted to see the people there because mm-hmm. at the mission, if people aren't familiar with it, um, they it's not just like a homeless shelter for people to stay at night and be fed. It, it is that as well. Um, But they have, like, a program where they rehabilitate people back into the world. They get them jobs, teach them how to interview, give them food, you know, clothing, shelter, teach them how to take care of an apartment and pay bills and things like that. A lot of them whose kids are in foster care because they were, you know, previously homeless, get their kids back and live with them in the mission. And serving them breakfast, getting to know them, you know, hearing some of their stories or just reading about them on their Facebook page, like, that it went from being a selfish thing where like I need this to feel good about myself Mm -hmm. to being I want to be there because if these people don't have volunteers to serve them breakfast they're not going to be at their best that day and I want Mm. them to be at their best I want to be there to make sure they have breakfast so they can go out and do what they you know need to do to get their stuff together to Mm -hmm. go back out into the world because they're going to go back out regardless and I want it to be in like a good way and um it uh oh crap, what was I gonna say about that? Something about
0: This happened to me like up. three times I know.
1: yesterday. Yeah. We were both losing it yesterday. Um Dang. There's something about waking up early, I think. I don't remember, but yeah, it just like it honestly it just changed my perspective on how i saw the homeless how i saw people who needed help how i saw like serving people it became i loved it like the times that i couldn't like when covid first started happening and they had to not allow volunteers at first it was like they couldn't allow volunteers who were um, at risk like the older people and because i served with a lot of older people in the mornings i was like i'll take as many shifts as you can give me i don't really care um and I loved it. And then when I couldn't, it really sucked. Like I, I wanted that and almost needed to be there doing that again.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I feel like too, like because when when you do go through these things, like you said, like mm-hmm. even if you do it for selfish reasons, it becomes like that selfishness breaks once you're embedded mm-hmm. in that community, yeah. helping the community. Yeah. You know, it's it's a different vibe, you know, all your selfishness kind of seems to melt away.
1: Yeah. It's a really cool experience. And I know a lot of people can't do things like that. You can even do it like once a year. Um, it's just so honestly, just life changing, like help. It makes you feel different about yourself. Like I kind of started discovering my purpose and what I, what I was passionate about and who I am within doing this. Like it wasn't just about waking up, going to work, getting to the weekend, doing whatever. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, Thursday, well, really Wednesday and Thursday thinking about like, okay, this is the time I need to go to sleep. This is, I need to pack my you know, clothes for work because I would go straight from mission to work so that I can be prepared because I don't want to miss a shift. I want to be there. I want to be on time. I want to serve these people. And um, yeah, it just led me down this like crazy road of, I hate to say like discovering myself, but that, you know, cause I'm still obviously doing mm-hmm. that and it's only been a year or so, but honestly from where I was to where I am now, it's just such a drastic, like it feels like it's been, a, you know, several year long process yeah. to get here. Um, yeah. So. Do, you think, do
0: you think a lot of people struggle with this? Do you think a lot of people are like just stuck in this mm-hmm. nine to five grind, trying to chase that For next sure. promotion and they've lost their purpose and content with life? Because mm-hmm. I know you, you have, like, it's it's really pressing to be – I said it the other day. I hate saying this because it's so she's keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's a British show called uh, Keeping Up With Appearances. <laughs> it's, I yeah. love. Shout out to that show. It's an mm-hmm. old, like, I think 80s show. But anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel it. And mm-hmm. I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I've never liked to play that fucking game. Mm-hmm. And I call it a fucking game because I really think it is mm-hmm. because – you never know someone's journey. That's a whole nother conversation. Blah, blah, blah. People can change. We we'll talked about that. But yeah, um, yeah I, I hate it. And I hate that that is like the idea in a lot of people's heads that they have to get this better job. And then they're miserable in that fucking job. And I think you said it yesterday. People like grew up saying they were, their parents they are going to be a doctor and they're going to mm-hmm. do this. And they go through college and they become the doctor. And they fucking hate life. And yeah. it's like, what is that? Like, you know, like. They've achieved a great, becoming a doctor is a great fucking achievement. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So more on that. Like, what yeah. what is that? What is that to you?
1: Um, yeah, I think especially our generation, like everyone's soul seeking, they want their purpose, they want, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I feel like, you know, everyone has their purpose and also everyone has the same kind of purpose and that's to help everyone in the community and the world that Mm -hmm. we live in because you can't achieve greatness without either shoving people down or having people you know push you up because they admire you and respect you so either way people are going to be involved and i think that is a little bit of everyone's passion and then also like singularly everybody has their own um passion and i think If you have to work a nine to five job and you're like, Oh, I don't have my passion. This isn't it. I don't know what to do. You can still find purpose in whatever it is you're doing. Like, um, part of what we talked about yesterday was how I've worked at the same place for eight years. And there's been a lot of times where I haven't liked it, where I've tried to leave. Um, and one day it was like when I was having my, I guess, epiphany last year. I was like, Okay, I am still here for a reason. I have literally tried to leave, turned in my resignation. My boss would not accept it. Uh, and so I'm still there. What? Yeah, just like crazy, crazy. I'm stuff. quitting.
0: You're not. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're, you're hired. not. Yeah,
1: let me talk to you for four hours. It usually this about why you're not leaving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true story. Um, luckily, she is no longer there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So, so I kind of thought, okay, like this is where I'm going to be. This is where I've been. There's a reason that I've worked here for this long. And so I'm going to find a purpose in this specific job because I'm not leaving and, you know, at least not now, but hopefully eventually yeah. I'll move on from there. But, um, but I think that honestly changed my perspective because I stopped Stopped like I still care deeply about that job. I love going there. I don't dread like going into work on Mondays anymore. Obviously, I'm a human, and sometimes I do. But the day to day, I enjoy being there. But I think that it changed my perspective of not even just work, but everything in general. Seeing like, okay, this is a place I have to go to. So what am I going to do to make the day okay? Who am I going to impact? Whose life can I, you know, hopefully change, even if just in a small way while I'm at work? And that kind of bled into everything that I did. It's all about the people and helping them and impacting their life in any way that I can. And so I think for those people who see, like, you know, the influencers on Instagram, YouTube, or Mm. wherever they are, those, like, young girls, I guess I'll talk to since I'm a young lady, that... Like I'll see people, women who have, they're the same age as me and they have three kids and a great husband, Yeah. You know, supposedly it's what I see. Yeah. And they have this beautiful home. And I think like how, and they work from home or they have their own business. I'm like, man, I want that so bad. Like mm. all of that. But here I am at the same job I've been at. And I have this nonprofit on the side that will never make me money because it's a mm. nonprofit. And I spend all my time helping people. Like, when is that, when is the world going to give me or you know god i believe going to give me Mm -hmm. those things because of what what every what all that i'm doing and even though it's obviously not about that i think through thinking those things those women may have like achieved what i wanted sooner than i was able to yeah but they've had dark times they've had times where they weren't you know rich and famous and had great husbands and beautiful children and,
0: and there's also a lot you don't see. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for like sure. Like It all seems perfect, but you don't see the uh, credit card debt or other yeah, stuff that potentially is so going on. True. I'm not saying that they do, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there is a lot of that that is going on.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I think finding my purpose in little daily things that you have to do, like cleaning your house, going to work once I obtain those things that I want, like doing something that's my passion every day, I'll appreciate it that much more because I'll have known what I went through. And I honestly don't feel like you can get those things unless you appreciate where you are and find a purpose in that, you know, in the moment that you're in.
0: Yeah. And um, hold on one second. I'm going to look up something. So, you know, there's... There's a lot of things to unpack there. Like I think um, I've gotten to the mindset of, and it's it's a hard time to really kind of preach this stuff. But mm-hmm. I think it, maybe at the same time it's a it's a it's the most important time maybe to talk about these kinds of things because there's a lot of people that are jobless right now yeah. and struggling, and um, so they're probably doing. A, there's probably a lot of soul searching going on right
1: yeah. now. <laughs> but, yeah, but um,
0: more or less like um, it's. It's it's not realistic when we look at like these social media profiles of all these people doing so great and their happy life and all this mm-hmm. great stuff going on for them and these YouTube channels of people just balling out and like you said there's a lot to unpacking just that there's a lot we don't see we just see yeah. the positive that they're putting out that looks cool and the the videos of them doing a bat flip off their like three story <laughs> like uh, villa that they're staying yeah. at in Thailand, into, into their, their infinity, infinity pool, pool. <laughs> looking over the mountains in Phuket, like yeah. That um, sounds like a trip you went on. You know, you know me and me and Camilla. We we um we sat down. We wrote out some goals uh, a while back, and we wanted to figure out like what a good number was. I'm not going to put say the number or anything. Like uh, annual income that we would need to. And this is what's funny, right? Our, our This this goal is to be able to take care of our family. And a lot of people don't, I don't think a lot of kids our age, especially we're caught up in that nine to five promotion, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like we, I've always thought in my head over the last probably five years, what can I do to retire my parents? Like I'm like, not necessarily retire them, but like understanding that, you know, they can't work forever. Like mm-hmm. they're going to get old and someone's going to have to take care of them. And yeah. I want to give them the best possible Care and life in those later years. Mm-hmm. So I want to make all my decisions now, based off of that. I will be a hundred percent responsible for these adults, and and I'll and I'll get into the purpose. That's I mean that's a very purposeful thing. I think, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah. Um, I started like realizing when we sat down and we budgeted like what things would cost. And it's all figuratively. Like I, the, the numbers could be real off. But like the average American salary, right, for middle class is, and this is between lower and upper middle class, is between $40,425 40, $40, to 120 and $672, right? Like when you hear it, when I read that number for the first time, I think it was a little bit higher. This might be off. But more or less, that's still, like, that is, like, not a millionaire. Mm-hmm. And I think they did, like, a study in Harvard or something, like, a while back where, like, after you make over 75K a year, like, you're not, like, really, like, you, you have more than enough money to survive and be, mm-hmm. be happy. It's like a happiness. I don't know how you gauge happiness yeah. off of money. Like, I really don't. Yeah. But, I mean, like, that's... Hundred and twenty thousand dollars if you can get to that upper middle class, like that's fucking phenomenal. Like that's that's a lot of money. You can do a lot of powerful and our goal lined up pretty close to that. Like what we would need if we tightly budget and did things properly. And I can't remember exactly where I'm going with this, but more or less I think I'm toting more so for the middle class Mm -hmm. and how great it is to be in that because that kind of money is more than enough. To live that dream life that you're seeing on Instagram yeah. and Facebook and or YouTube or yeah. wherever you're viewing it. Yeah, like You don't have, have to be a buttload billionaire and you don't yeah, have to have soul. all this money to go down to the union gospel and mm-hmm. help the unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And when you do do those things, yeah. like you said, you came back into the workplace. I don't know if you just said it or you said it uh, yesterday. You came back into the job that you haven't really been enjoying over mm-hmm. the last few years. And you came into it with a different attitude. Yeah. And Yeah, it, just
1: thankful to have a job. Yeah. Too. Like it's I'm trying yeah. to bring it,
0: I'm trying to bring it full circle. I'm yeah. kind of struggling, but like <laughs> but like it's the idea yeah. of of when you start to help others instead of just trying to help yourself mm-hmm. that you can even come back to your shit job that you hate and <laughs> interface in it in a totally different way. Yeah than before. Yeah. And sure. then when you start bringing value to that workplace, then guess what ends up happening? That promotion you want. Yeah. All those things that you want is on the other side of you getting in that right mindset. Mm-hmm. That's my belief. I don't know if that's right. But I know, I've seen phases in my life when I take it on
2: mm-hmm.
0: that, and I get out of my own way, and I help others, I have all the success. Yeah, and there's a saying like the more you give, the more you shall receive. I think it's a biblical mm-hmm. verse or something of that nature. But there's a lot of truth to that. Like, as a as a commissioned officer in the army, like I'm not judged or graded or uh, what's the word? Graded is, is a good one. Mm-hmm. But I'm not um, I'm not ga- uh, like they don't gauge my level of leadership based off of how well I can do in my job, right? Mm-hmm. They base me, and I'm, and this is probably true to a lot of managers, supervisors, and people in management, how well you do leading others. How well are your soldiers doing? Yeah, like, That's the concept, right? So it's like helping others is what shows like, what you are capable of, what, you, what value you bring to the Army. So if I promote four soldiers to the NCO ranks, then I've, made the, I've developed more leaders in the Army to make the Army a better place. That's like this yeah. is very like stupid way to explain it, but yeah, I, I'm I can't remember how I got started on this tangent because I've kind of gone from middle class politics <laughs> all over the place, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely a thing that perplexes. I, I know we started with like, do, you, do we think like there's a lot of people in our generation that struggle mm-hmm. with this? And I think you know a lot of people would find um, if they gave more, as as contrary as it sounds, it's like I don't have anything to give, like yeah. I can't give, but time, you can give your time, you can mm-hmm. go down to the gospel. If you once you start yeah. applying it, it's it's not it's like this selfish, self selfless, selfish, selfish trade off in a way. Like when you can like really embody the selflessness of things in giving, it has fruitful returns. Yeah. And you can be cynical yeah. and not believe that, but that also that that to me that's someone that's never gone down and and gone to a homeless shelter or helped somebody
1: yeah that's true and um there was let me see what yeah so there's this sermon that I watched and he was talking about time and how you know people may not have a lot of money to give Mm -hmm. to people and um but like everybody has time and people are like oh I don't have time Mm. well this pastor I think he did it in like The whole year or maybe several, a month or something like that. But Mm. I'm just going to do it in like a week. And hopefully I did this math correct. Said it real quick. But basically, yeah. So (laughs) if you have seven days in a week and let's say you sleep eight hours a night, which most people don't do that. But let's just say that's 56 hours
2: Mm -hmm.
1: of sleep. And Mm -hmm. then say you work eight hours a day, five days a week. That's forty. So you have 96 hours of sleeping and working. Mm-hmm. And so what's left, because there's 24 hours in a day, mm-hmm. is 72. Mm-hmm. Wait,
0: is that right? I think it's so 8, 24. 8, and 8. So, so if you sleep 8 hours <laughs> and then you um, work, eight, work eight, hours. 8 hours, then you have 8 hours of rec time. The only reason I know that is because I read something yeah. where like, the perfect yeah. life balance is 8, 8, and 8. Yeah, that's better. Because 8 times I'll 3 is it, 24. Yeah.
1: I was trying to do it in like a week to be yeah. like, this is how much... You have in a week to, you know, whatever. So we'll say 72 hours. Okay. If you take away sleeping and working, you have 72 hours in a week, which is like a lot of time to do whatever you want with. And if you raise kids, probably, you know, 70 of those hours are taken up by those children. (laughs) Yep. But those like few hours that you have, you can choose to volunteer or to advocate or like literally Mm -hmm. send someone like a note of encouragement or. Mm Anything you can do to help out your community is just super awesome and will lead you. And I think in those things, like for me, in finding a purpose at work helped like bled into the rest of my life and I could, you know, kind of see the positive things and a lot of stuff. And then that led me to other things, which eventually like went down this rabbit hole until I figured out like, oh, this is my passion. This is my purpose. This is what I love to do. And I enjoy every minute that I get to do this thing. And so I think if you don't know where to start, volunteer, spend even an hour a month or whatever. You don't have to go volunteer every Mm -hmm. Friday morning. Mm -hmm. I know for a lot of people, that's a bit extreme. And for me now it is too. I can't Mm -hmm. do that with fostering.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But you'll just, I hope, (laughs) will find your purpose or find your passions through that because that is such a a hard thing. For some people, you don't find it till you're in your 40s or 50s, which is fine. It doesn't mean your life was a waste before that. It's just, I, I feel like, I mean, we kind of gone on and on about this, but it's kind, it's like, for me personally, it's such a thing that I like to like drive home with people only because I felt that same way where like in my teens, I was like, what is my purpose? I don't mm-hmm. have a passion. Like, what is my plan on this world? Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. And Looking back now, that's so silly because I'm like, you're yeah. a teenager, Kelly. Yeah. Like, of course, you don't know that. Yeah. And it's, I think, like, when people see me and where I'm at and having a nonprofit and working full time and going to school and fostering kids, yeah. like, doing all these things, they think, like, wow, you just, like, you're just so awesome. Lucky. Yeah. And, like, it's just so great that you do all this stuff. And obviously, just like with everything, they didn't see my progression
2: yeah. to yeah. this.
1: But that's also not for everyone. Like, I have a very high level of stress and anxiety 24-7 because I'm so overwhelmed with all that I do. But I can't take these things away. Like, this is just who I am. I I seem to need to be in that perpetual state of anxiety and stress. And so, like, when you see these people and you're overwhelmed with what they're doing and what they have and you don't even know where to start, like, start somewhere. Take one step in the mm-hmm. right direction and that hopefully will like lead you down this path yeah so uh, yeah that's 100 my 100%. <laughs> I, I
0: i did a i did a show with my buddy shout out to mr adam glass he said a very similar thing like there's going to be a lot of like when you have something uh or you have an idea like you want to start a lawn company and then you go tell someone like hey i'm gonna start a lawn company and then they're like oh well man you're gonna have to buy a lawn mower you have to do this like mm-hmm he was like don't fucking tell anybody anything just go do it make a mess of things even if you don't know what you're doing and then figure that shit out of the way and once you have a product present it to to your um your friend groups and family Then, yeah. because everybody's gonna convince you not to do something just get out there and do it like it's yeah a hundred percent and you know all the people that make the excuse of time like um i heard this somewhere along the way like it was like Someone asked some somebody's like, "Oh, I don't have enough time." And they're like, and the guy's like, "Oh, okay, cool. You don't have time. Do you eat rocks?" And he's like, "No, I don't eat rocks." He's like, "Why don't you eat rocks? Everybody eats rocks. Don't you ever just like, you know, in the morning, pour yourself a bag of gravel with some milk and eat that shit?" And they're like, "No, I don't want. Well, why? I don't want to eat rocks. Oh, it's because you don't want to. It's yeah. not because you don't have time. Because yeah. you know you were." you know, held back, someone held a gun to your head. It's none of those things. It's because you don't want to do it. Yeah. The same reason you don't, that's the thing. When the want becomes big enough, then you'll want to start the podcast. Then you'll want to start the nonprofit charity. Then you'll want to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it's, there's a lot of things there, but, um, it definitely, I definitely think it comes down to a want. And then we're saying like back, back when you're like, Oh, what do I need to do? What's my mm-hmm. purpose in life? When you're so young, everything's so trivial. Yeah. And you know, everything has to happen right now, right now. We live in a day and age where it's like at the snap of the finger, Uber Eats can be at your door, you know? And yeah. that's very, a very difficult society to live in. And yeah. Um, be patient people. Like it will happen. Yeah. Like it really will. Like you just got to start somewhere and it, it can be fucking messy and horrible and it will work itself out. Like don't get so engaged in the outcome be engaged in the productivity be engaged mm-hmm. in just doing something like that yeah. is where that's where it's all at and if you're not if you don't want to do the productivity if you don't want to do what it is then maybe you don't really deserve the outcome at all mm-hmm. like you because the outcome like some of the most memorable moments that I've like been awarded things in the military and stuff they're so small in comparison to the amount of work I put through mm-hmm. to get to the point where they were handing me the Board or shaking the hand with yeah. the general or whatever the case may be right like it's the work that you got to fall in love with because that makes up 90 percent of your life it's mm-hmm. not those those moments where you're standing on stage and like giving the speech of like oh you know blah 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 thank you everyone yeah and that's that's just a blip in time like a small blip in your life yeah it really is and you know it's a long-term game i've really mm-hmm. taken on that philosophy it's everything is long-term and just get involved in the work Because that's the majority of your life will be the work.
1: Yeah. I read earlier in that Tao of Wu that I'm reading. Um they he said something along the lines of um he was talking about chess and how, you know, chess is a game, life is a game, and he was like Mm -hmm. uh in chess there was this guy Apparently he was like a chess protege child and he was the best in the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. They made a movie about him and he was talking about like when they went back and like analytically watched his games, he shouldn't have won the majority of the ones that he did, but it was literally because he was so determined that he didn't give up until he won. Mm-hmm. And the other people eventually would just be like, oh, I'm not going to win. And they'd give up. And so he'd be able to win. Yeah, And he was saying, just like chess is a game that you need to be determined to win until the very last, you know, play where you lose. That's how you need to play life. And he was like, you mm-hmm. you yeah. need to play life as if it's a game that you're determined to win until mm-hmm. your very last yeah. decision on your deathbed. And Hell yeah. in that, I literally, when I read that this morning, I was like, yes. Like, I don't like that whole life is a game thing that people talk about, yeah. but... Yeah, like that is so good if you're determined to win. And for me, winning is being like getting to the end of my life and being like, wow, I was a well-rounded person. And I did things that didn't only benefit me, but my family and my friends and the world. And I think yesterday we talked about um, how my the whole thing that led up to me watching the sermon that helped me decide to start volunteering and then fostering whatever... I had heard on the radio during that time, This late, they were asking, um, not really jokingly, but kind of like lightheartedly, like what makes up a well-rounded person? And so some of them said some funny things, but this lady was like, you know, someone who takes care of themselves physically and mentally and emotionally, mm-hmm. someone that contributes to society, someone that has a good job, someone that, um, you know, like raises a family, brings good kids in the world. And it was all these things that I was like, yes, that's... Mm-hmm yeah like that's something to achieve I want that I want to be a well-rounded person in that sense that she was talking about and so in my mind like that's something that I can work towards that I can achieve in you know the game of life yeah so
0: yeah yeah that's that's awesome I really I really like that I Mm want to read that fucking book like I was like I was telling you like I like Wu-Tang Clan. There's a few songs that uh, I've, I've liked, but, like, there is, like, a huge cult following of Wu-Tang Clan. And I didn't really ever, like, get there like a lot of people did. Yeah, but I appreciate him. I was, like, uh, bigger fans of other artists of that era. But um, I definitely appreciate um, who they are as artists. Mm-hmm. And I definitely want to read that book. Yeah. Um, but um, a good there's, there's a similar thing. And I want to say... It was my grandfather, my mom's dad, that taught me this because um, I played Monopoly with him growing up through the years. I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but he told me, and this is kind of like a capitalist uh, type um, like thing. But there's also some deep philosophy in what he told me. It was like he said, he told me, he's like, "How do you win Monopoly?" And I was like, "You have to buy the best properties, and you know, and then put houses and hotels or whatever on them, and then you charge people." He's like, "Yeah." You can't win Monopoly getting a job. And I was like, Oh shit, like you're right. He's Mm -hmm. like he's like, if you wanna you have to invest your money. That's that's more or less what you're saying. You have to invest your money. He's like, You wanna know what else about Monopoly that you don't understand? I was like, What's that? He's like, No matter how well you do in this game, at the end of the game, all the cards, all the pieces, the dice and the board all go back in the box just like you. Yeah. And it's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like and like I didn't understand what any of that meant at the yeah. time, but like now I do and it's like wow, so like even if I, you know, become if I win the game and I have all the money, monopoly money. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't matter, it doesn't go with you. Yeah. It's it goes back in the box.
1: Yeah.
0: But um yeah, it's a Lot of deep philosophy here. Yeah. And I, like, I am liking a, yeah, it.
1: Yeah, we're gone down a definitely a different rabbit hole yeah. than we were at yesterday. But it, but it's
0: good because like it's like still on par with a, a lot of what yeah, we were yeah, saying. And, sure. and I'm I'm fucking digging it. Um what do you call it? Um let's talk let's talk about um, your your charity now, because I know we haven't really mm. talked about that at
2: all.
1: Yeah. So um I last year started a nonprofit organization <laughs> called Grace Within Me, then did nothing with it until COVID hit. Um, I hate to say it, but I was bored and when I couldn't volunteer at the mission that often, I needed something else. Um, cause I've just kind of been in this place in my life where I need, like truly need things like that in my soul. And so, um, it mostly started as a way to help out the homeless. And then when I started fostering, I was like, Oh, this is perfect. I can also integrate like fostering and, adopting and things like that into it. And so what we do is we provide what's called grace bags, um, for people in need, like the homeless foster and adoptive parents and kids. Um, and like in, in those grace bags are things like hygiene, um, products that people need, clothes, um, Mm -hmm. snacks, things like that. Right now, since I've only been like fully, engaging myself into it the past couple months i've been focusing on the homeless because it's a little bit easier than creating bags for foster and adoptive families and kids because their stuff is a little bit more specific
2: yeah
1: um but yeah that's basically it. it's it's kind of like a gap services type program where you know you have homeless shelters that provide certain things they can't take all the homeless people in every single night So we're there to provide the people on the streets who can't make it to the shelters who only can every once in a while with stuff that they need to get through the Mm -hmm. nights. Mm -hmm. Um, Same with foster and adoptive families. When you foster a child, you do get um, help from the government and other agencies, but that help usually doesn't come until 8 to 10 weeks after you have that child. And so you're spending your own money um, on their things. And so... That's the same thing where we come in, help them out in any way that we can um, during that, like, interim time. And same with adopting, even though it's a little bit different with adopting, like, if you foster to adopt in Texas, at least. uh, A lot of your adoption fees are waived. You get, like, continued assistance from the government in certain situations. But even when you just straight up adopt a child not out of foster care that cost a lot of money. And so mm-hmm. if you need help with things um like, you know, providing formula for a baby or things like mm-hmm. that, then we're kind of there to help. So
0: So you're like you're like the buffer in between. Like mm-hmm. what yeah. the homeless shelters and foster CPS is that right as well? Yeah. Can't provide mm-hmm. um you fill that gap because there yeah. are still things they they have tight budgets and stuff and yeah, they already sure. do so much right mm-hmm. there's so much that goes on in, with those agencies yeah. that they can only do so much cuz they only get so much funding and you're there to fill that gap to help those people cuz like, especially like with homeless like they might stay in the shelter for the night but they mm-hmm. and like I've seen it too and um, where the they release the homeless like after a certain time and mm-hmm. they're back out on the streets like they're not there like permanently yeah. and there's still things they need throughout the day Especially you're in Texas, you might need some sun lotion. I've seen, dude, for real, like, I've seen, and it breaks my heart, like, I saw an older homeless man up here on Trans Mountain Highway. Mm-hmm. This dude was burnt, dude. Like, he yeah. was, like, he had been out in the sun all damn day, and he looked like, like, I don't know if he had mental issues or what the case was. Mm-hmm. I really felt for this guy, but he was burnt to a crisp. Like, yeah. like and he was just sitting outside, and I was just, like, st- st- I felt for him. Yeah. So, like, your your agency would supply things like toothpaste, sun lotion, and this mm-hmm. this yeah. poor soul's uh, instant like uh, yeah. instant Instance?
2: instant yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm not I'm illiterate sometimes, <laughs> but um he uh, like things like that, for yeah, yeah. bags, um yeah really? toiletries whatever
1: yeah. And when people ask me like what you know what can I donate Liter- anything and everything will take because it can always be used in some yeah. way and. Um. even if we can't use it we will try to find another nonprofit that can use it yeah. but right now just because it really is like early and starting up and I'm kind of I've kind of been doing it as a hobby because I do work full-time and raise children and go to school it's you know obviously not my first priority and I hope someday I can get to a point where it is um, but yeah really anything that people can provide is just really awesome a lot of it is Hygiene because foster kids, adopted kids, homeless—they can all use mm-hmm. hygiene products, blankets. Because in Texas, when it's cold, it is like a bitter, yeah. bone-chilling cold. Yeah. And then believe it or not,
0: it does get cold in Texas. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's horrible. It's not like Washington cold where it's like nice, especially like, up
0: in the DFW area. Yeah. And like even out here, like it'll snow in the mountains a little mm-hmm. bit. So yeah, it sucks for sure. And you're not prepared for it, like yeah. like Just like East Coast country. It's like they yeah. they've been doing this forever. Yeah. Us in Texas, like, we get so used to the heat, and that's what we prepare for is this brutal Mm -hmm. heat. And then the cold comes, and we're like, fuck, 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 just bear it for, like, a few months, and then, oh.
1: Yeah. So
0: no one considers that it gets cold here.
1: For sure. Yeah, so that's um, kind of a a short summary of what we do, and I hope it can expand. I hope (laughs) we can do other things. Um, And uh, it kind of, like, a lot of... People have asked me, and I'm sure a lot of other people have thought, like, why help homeless and foster and adoptive families? Like, it seems so random, but that is just my two passions from working at the mission and being a foster parent. And so uh, I kind of see the two different branches of grace within me. Yeah. But I just, like, love doing things for those people because, you know, with, with children, it's, like, they are innocent they don't have a choice in Mm -hmm. what happens to them and how their life goes for 18 years and so in any way i can help them and encourage them or mentor them or provide them necessities especially children who like age out of the foster system and never have an actual family yeah if i can provide them with anything to help them keep going and know that someone loves and supports them that's awesome same with the homeless the ones who have um you know mental health issues Mm -hmm. the ones who are veterans and have you know severe PTSD who can't be around other people or can't go to an overnight shelter? Yeah. Just knowing that that you don't have to make it to a shelter mm-hmm. to get supplies that you need, I can help you out in mm-hmm. that way.
0: So. And and there's a lot of science too, and I'm not a scientist for the record, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> but there I I've I've read that there is some science on like hygiene and your and. Taking care of yourself on the hygiene side, that helps your mental health a little bit. And then especially if you're, like, someone that's on drugs or not necessarily has a mental disorder but is homeless, that's fallen on really hard times and bad luck, um, like, taking care of yourself in those aspects Mm -hmm. can maybe be a catalyst to, you know, slowly getting through the system and slowly getting back on your feet and slowly getting back integrated into the world economy. And I think too, I got the tattoo to prove it. I'm I love Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a yeah. I, I got a panther on, a on
1: big panther. I Got a big <laughs> panther on
0: this body right here because I I love Panther City. I love Fort yeah. Worth, and it, it um I would love to see um the communities in Fort Worth thriving. Like I thought it was so awesome when I started seeing Magnolia coming up. When I started seeing West Seventh yeah. coming up, I was like, yes, Most dude. Places like,
1: used to be trash Yes, for their children.
0: dude. I went in high school. I remember we. Me and your brother and a few of our friends, we'd go downtown, run around, skate, do whatever, and mm-hmm. it was a different vibe. I went to a few yeah. concerts uh, and saw bands in janky parts of town, yeah. and like it was like you went to the show and you went home. And <laughs> yeah. And it's now I mean, it's, it's it's a nice out. place to to be. There's a I mean yeah. there's still some bad spots. Um, um, the Stop Six area was like my. Josh Elgizabal could tell us better, like because mm-hmm. he's he's told me it a hundred times. But I think it was like the twelfth most dangerous city in the early two thousands, or, or yeah. part of town. And it's definitely um, those those areas still exist. And mm-hmm. you know, um, I want them to do better. I want them to yeah to to I want those communities to thrive for sure.
1: Yeah, and not even just be like gentrified and move them yes all out, yeah but I was like, about that, to say that too that community those people I want those same
0: people to remain there, and yeah. I want them. To, to own that part of town
1: yeah yeah for sure and be proud and yeah. what what they're doing and yeah. just like you were saying when we were younger if you went downtown there was like homeless people you know on stoops and hanging out and bumming people for money and yep. Fort Worth specifically like I have hated that place for so long and now as in my adult life really appreciate it. like now all you know The homeless population, I feel like, will always still exist because that's just kind of how the world is, unfortunately. But they've all moved to East Lancaster where they Mm -hmm. stay because there are four shelters Mm -hmm. down there that help them out and the mission included in that. And they stay there because that's their shelter and food and clothing. And they do such a good job, from my viewpoint, obviously, taking care of them. That they don't need to bum money from people and go wander around downtown. I mean, there are a few that still do, but
2: yeah.
1: it's just such a nice feeling to... And even the Presbyterian Night Shelter, um, they have this program with the city of Fort Worth. I forgot what it's called, but um, they actually employ the homeless. The ones who, who li- still live on the street every night, they employ them. And they walk around with big trash buckets mm. and picking up the trash that the homeless just throw out. Yeah, And it gives them a sense of ownership of community, even though their community is, you know, the people living on the street that they all live amongst, they clean it up. And that gives them a sense of pride. And I talked to one of them. I was riding my bike up and down there like one Sunday. And this guy was like yelling at me like, what are you doing riding your bike down here? It's dangerous. And, and he was in this... Um, <laughs> You know, like, uh, like the construction workers. Yeah. It's, it's like the safety vest. Yeah, yeah. Safety vest. Thank you. Um, and, and he had this big trash thing and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like picking up trash. And I was like, oh, like, you know, is there a place to volunteer? Can I do that? Cause I was like fiending for more volunteering. And, um, he was like, no, they just allow the homeless to do it. Like, it's just strictly us that they pay us, you know, to do this. And so I went on their website, I found the program um, they had like, interviewed this guy who's like the foreman of it and hearing his story of where he came from, like, honestly, I just sat there and cried and I was like, that's so crazy that something as simple as a homeless shelter saying, Hey, we will pay you to pick up trash on your, on the street that you live in amongst your friends yeah. that you live with, like changed his whole life. It was yeah. just so, I was like, I am so thankful to live in a place like this because if you go to Dallas and for people who live in that area are familiar on how Fort Worth and Dallas hate each other, I'm mm-hmm. not meaning to, like, crap on you, um, yeah. but like, do better. You have so much more money than we do, and your homeless people don't seem to have anywhere to go. They're all over the place. There's mm-hmm. way more than in Fort Worth, and there's is, – Is
0: this – just to play devil's advocate, is yeah. this because you're specifically engaged in Fort Worth, or do you or, – or because you are engaged in these programs now, like, you know that Dallas does not afford – the same things that Fort Worth does a little
1: bit of both, like seeing it here because where I work. I'm most- gonna I'm gonna let you shit on Dallas. Yeah, thank I'm, you. I, I mean, that yeah, I mean, I nothing against you, Dallas. Like- <laughs> nothing against
0: you, Dallas. I'm sure there's a lot of great Dallas people yeah. out there, but Fort Worth is better.
1: Yeah, by far. Um, I, but yeah, no, it's a little bit of both. Um, I work with a lot of people <laughs> that live in Dallas, and they kind of crap on it too. Yeah, of just saying, you know, like they're really. There isn't a whole lot. And driving up and down there, it's like, it is a bigger city. So naturally, yeah. there's going to be more people homeless, more yeah. buildings run down. It's, it's a different but vibe yeah, on the homeless it side really for sure. It really is. It kind of reminds me of like Portland versus Seattle. Yes. Portland, there is so much trash, so much sewage, so many homeless people, so many, um, you know, tents and things yeah, like that. For sure. And people living. And, and, my cousins who have lived there have talked about how they are doing nothing for them. And then in Seattle, um, it's like, they've kind of moved them to an area, but they're providing more services than they ever had in the past, just recently. And it looks so different. And there, you know, you can just tell by, you know, when you go to Portland, people need money. They want food. When you go to Seattle, it's not necessarily the case. And same with Dallas and Fort Worth and Fort Worth. Like, there are so many less people asking for food and asking for money than there are in Dallas because they have all of that provided to them by these shelters.
0: Yeah. And not to get into the political side of this, but, Mm -hmm. and I, it's been some time since i lived in Washington, but I can definitely attest to that. Like I did notice that there is a completely different vibe when it comes to the homeless and the shelters. And I've seen a few documentaries. There's a great documentary. I think you'd like, I don't know if you've, you've seen it before, but there is a homeless shelter that takes the homeless and they will, they have a lot of neat programs. One mm-hmm. is like where they'll like give them out, and this is probably a very taboo, crazy concept, but they'll give them beer and alcohol at the homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. And that way they're not going out on the streets and getting drunk, passing out and dying in the
1: freezing yeah. cold rain.
0: And that's a mm-hmm. new, new concept. Yeah. And I, in Portland, doesn't offer that. And yeah. then also the, the, the documentary, so I kind of got off. But there's that. And then this documentary, they take homeless and they take these guys, these drug addicts, um, um, not just guys, women as well. Yeah. And they take them up to the top of Mount Rainier. They train the, it's a, there's a whole documentary on it. I got to find it, I'll That's send it cool. to you. But they'll yeah. take the homeless and it, it gives them a different perspective on life. So they're, yeah. oh, I, I and, and when I lived up there too, I saw it. Like it was like there is homeless in, in, um, in Washington without a doubt. And they're they're right on Pike's Place. I've seen them there. Yeah. I've seen the same homeless people there, and some crazy shit that you won't see in Texas. That's for sure. Maybe Austin, but not yeah. and not even, dude. Uh, Washington, Portland takes the cake for yeah. the weird shit that you'll see for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, Austin is not great. weird. Austin is normal as fuck. Yeah, but, they don't even know. Austin's
1: never been to Portland. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> fuck no.
0: And but it's it's um, they're they're definitely I I can definitely see the difference because I remember, mm-hmm. um. I remember when I lived there and going down to Seattle and seeing what the, and a lot has changed, I'm sure. And especially given COVID and a lot of other things. And the, and like I said, I don't want to make this a political thing, but those, those two, two states are very politically aligned in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy that there, you can definitely see the differences because I remember being in Portland when I lived up there, homeless were everywhere. And it's sad because I'd see, kids my age and I was like 20 21 and there were kids younger than me homeless mm-hmm. all over the streets of downtown. Yeah. All over the streets. Yeah, it's really sad. It's it's a different vibe for sure and you don't see that in Seattle at all. I yeah. you'll see homeless for sure but not to that scale. There's yeah. definitely a, a contrast there.
1: Yeah. It's a crazy world like you know obviously 2020 has been terrible for a lot of people. I honestly Not to brag, I can't relate, this has been a really awesome year for me, but it's crazy to think of where we are in the world, that there's so many different social classes, that there can be America and then a third world country and people who don't have medical aid and don't have running water while we're living in this world. Yeah, I mean... I mean yeah.
0: not to interrupt you, but like like we're we're driving down the highway over here mm-hmm. and like Camilla said it a few times. Yeah. She says it all the My time. God, She's yeah. like, It's crazy. She's like, I've lived here for three years here in El Paso, and I just look over and that's Mexico right there. Yeah. And you can tell like there like when you're driving, I can't remember the highways it it doesn't matter, but yeah. there's a highway for everyone listening that you're literally on one side and you have the University of Texas uh, El Paso and it's very nice on one side you have a top golf and all mm-hmm. this nice shit yeah and nice homes on the utep side as well mesa hills has million dollar homes i think mm-hmm. um, some of them have to be million dollar homes really nice homes and then right on the other side of that highway is mexico and there's like shacks cinder block yeah. buildings that They're people are living sharks. out of yeah. and like this goes back to what i was saying earlier like it's crazy to me you know i've i believe in the saying like you are as strong as your weakest link and mm-hmm. like yeah, you know, we need to deal with our shit. America has to deal with our stuff, but yeah. I think there's some middle ground too. Like where, like your strongest, your weakest link, and what mm-hmm. would life be like if we had a more Canada situation? Like if Mexico yeah. was at least on the playing field? Like what would trade and life look like? What would mm-hmm. um, having a strong country right underneath us? What would that do for us? Yeah. Like that, that not only do for us, but do for them. Yeah. You know, that would change the dynamic and yeah, probably make a, like it a bigger little, we're already a superpower. Just make it a, things a lot better overall. I think for both, both countries.
1: Yeah.
0: But what do I know? I'm not an ec- economic, e- Dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> I can't say a word. I'm clearly not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Economist. That's so I'm funny. not an Economist. Is that yeah, right?
1: I don't know. Oh, no, You're asking someone person. someone. I barely like passed that. high school.
0: Oh God, we're doing great. Same, same, we're doing great. Yeah, but I mean,
2: I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's just I it's find it odd. All like something I just think about all the time like how weird of a world we're living in when you like we're in a time which not saying this didn't happen in the past before there was technology before we all knew about it. Like, we're living in a world where children are sold as slaves, even in America, which is insane, where people, like, where I live near uh, TCU, I don't live on the rich side of TCU, and just across, like, literally across the railroad tracks is these huge, beautiful old homes with all of these super rich Mm -hmm. people, and then on the other side is low-income like so much so that they're providing, they provide free food for the children, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at school because mm-hmm. they don't know if they're getting fed at home. And it's just such a, or even you know where I work in South Lake, Texas, like that. There is not yeah. a poor area in yeah. South Lake. That is a super yeah. super nice area. And even growing up as a child, I didn't even know South Lake existed because I was too you know too far away, which is probably twenty minutes away from yeah. where I was raised. But Going there as a teenager and starting to work there where I worked, living where I lived. That was insane to me. Like, I couldn't believe that people lived like this. And there are people in the world, even more, like we're watching Selling Sunset, don't recommend. But unless you really like lots of stupid drama. Yeah. Um, But those, like, they're building and selling a $40 million house. That is just so insane that yeah. that exists and then we also exist in our scale. Yeah. It's just a weird. And
0: that, that's yeah. why I think I was also alluding earlier to like mm-hmm. kind of toting for the middle class. Like yeah. it's a great place to be.
1: It is. Like it, it yeah. really is. And yeah, you have just enough to where you can help out other people and still supply enough for yourself and have and purpose. Yeah. But not so much that you're miserable and, you know, no. Whatever greedy and and whatever, and the reason
0: I say middle class too, and like if you want to be ultra rich, fucking awesome, go do it. If you want to be the next Jeff Bezos, cool, do it. All the power to you. Don't. But there is nothing wrong because the reason I'm saying is because because you don't hear it enough, like especially recently, like everybody's like, oh fuck the ultra elite and you know the rich are evil Mm -hmm. and this and that, like dude, like. I get that. I understand why you might be frustrated because you're you're jobless and you don't have an income and you're having to rely on the government
2: mm-hmm.
0: right now. But like, like, dude, the middle class is a great place. Like, we are fed this 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 idea that in America you have to be rich and you have mm-hmm. to you know have the newest sneakers and car and you have to have all this fancy stuff and you got to put it all on credit and you got to live this like kind of like. Facade. This keeping up with Kardashians, yeah. um, life and dude. You don't have to. You can find purpose in your life and make just enough money.
1: Yeah, yeah. You don't have so to weird, make a lot but, of money. Like when you actually, we touched on this yesterday. I, I don't know how we got to that point. We were talking about. I think I was saying something about humbling, like experience when you, because I, you know, drove a Mercedes and I lived on Magnolia near downtown Fort Worth in an expensive mm-hmm. apartment. And I was very materialistic, still sort of am. Definitely working on it. Um, but I like I loved that, and I wanted yeah. like not even to just keep up with the Kardashians, but like surpass them. Like that yeah. was my. And it's mental... good to have goals.
0: I'm not shitting on people yeah. that have goals at all. Yeah, I don't want to get that yeah for there. sure.
1: But but when you have the humbling experience like I did, where I lost a lot of money and investment and had to sell my car, move out of that apartment, and and also you know raising kids is really expensive even if yeah. you get help assistance from the government like it's still so expensive yep. and um it honestly like the things that i don't care about anymore that were my life that were so important to me it's just so it's so crazy mm. to think like I don't know, like, you just need that humbling experience to really figure out who you are. When all of that's gone, and not that, like, life was stripped away from me. I'm still Mm -hmm. doing really great. But when you've, you know, hit rock bottom, when you've lost everything, when you, you know, for me, went from driving a Mercedes to a 2003 Suburban, it's like, like, you don't care anymore. Like, this is what I have. This gets me from point A to point B. It gets my kids safely from point A to point B. And... Although, I would go back in a heartbeat if I could afford it. Love Mercedes. But it's it's just a different... Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like a different take on life I get. I think where I don't know... You know, there's rich people who have had really great comeback stories. Who have yeah. come from poverty Absolutely. and made it. And they give all their money yeah. to charity. And I'm not talking about those people, obviously. But the ultra-rich who have never had a humbling experience in their life like
0: like generational wealth like you yeah. you came into money and then, Yeah
1: like the Kardashians yeah. it's you know it's just a
0: you're able to start another billion dollar business because yeah. you came from
1: billions
0: your parents dollars. billions dollars worth of success Yeah
1: yeah It's an,
0: I mean I don't want to shit on them cuz like there's 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 a lot to unpack there too because you know it's easy to shit on them and I get it but you know I was watching <laughs> You wouldn't expect me to probably watch this, but I watched the Paris Hilton documentary and she obviously came from a lot of wealth. Yeah. And,
2: you know, yeah. You
0: know I, I, I watched her documentary, I'm watching it from her side mm-hmm. and maybe there's a lot else there that wasn't um, put in the documentary, but dude, like being famous and rich looks shitty and mm-hmm. it, it looks real shitty. Like I would never yeah. want to really experience that because it's, um, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, what, yeah. what do you What do you do? You don't live in the real world with the rest of us. Yeah. And yeah. And you it's, live
1: in the world with the one percent. Yeah. And that is bizarre. Yeah, it's a weird. Um, I like. I don't hope that the you know bucket gets kicked out from underneath people, but kind of going through that, and luckily still ending up on top of it. I think like I do kind of hope that for some people, like people that think they got to where they got because they are so great like i hope that bucket gets kicked out from underneath you and also smacks you in the head on yeah. your way down because you need that and the person you'll get like become out of that is just of course yeah it's just something you can't experience mm-hmm. without going through that yeah
0: uh, absolutely um there's a uh, i, I to- told you about some of my stoic beliefs the other day um one of them is um minto mori and it's mm-hmm. it means um remember you you will die Mm -hmm. and that's more or less exactly what it means like when you understand that like this life is finite and like at a moment's notice you're gone yeah all those things that you think are trivial like oh I don't look the way I'm supposed to look I'm not making the money I need to be making I'm not driving a Mercedes or Mm -hmm. you know I don't have a great job or oh I need to be this that and the other like all that shit doesn't matter yeah it won't matter
1: yeah and it's hard to tell people that because you really you 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 know that like you don't realize it until it's gone but yeah it's a weird yeah it is you can't yeah. like we can
0: talk about it like all day long mm-hmm. but until you go through it like a lot there's going to be a lot of people they'll hear that and they're like well of course you know yeah. of course blah 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 you know like yeah. they won't get it and, and, and not to shit on them but it's 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 definitely something you have to experience it's mm-hmm. not something that You can just like read the Stoic mantras or read the books and do the things. Like Mm -hmm. it is definitely experience. It's definitely life has to hit you. And I um I I firmly believe that the obstacle is the way. It's another Stoic mantra. It's you know like going through it is where like we said earlier, it's the work. Mm -hmm. Your life is ninety percent of your life is the work, and Mm -hmm. all the success and everything that you want. It's such a small blip of
1: all yeah. of it and you may get there and not even realize that yeah. like that's not what, and, and that not what you wanted and, and that then what is
0: and then two we're talking about success right like what is success success to you is could be completely different to me like yeah. there's plenty of people that are lower not not lower middle class but what is it poor mm-hmm. is that the right word or I don't know in the proverb poverty
2: yeah
0: there's it's underneath middle class whatever yeah. it is I'm sorry folks I'm not trying to
2: yeah, be that, that guy really I'm just good. I'm
0: just stupid but um there's people that live in that that class that are completely happy mm-hmm. i've i've known like there's people that have given yeah. up their lives being doctors and super financially successful mm-hmm. to be homeless and just live off the land and do those things yeah. and just give all their money away burn their social security cards and just run away and just yeah. just live life and they they consider that success so It's a it's a weird it's it's on a spectrum. Yeah. But I think a lot of people to bring it full circle, we're talking about like what is um, the purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And finding your purpose and yada yada yada. And it's not always tied to money. It's what you give. It's what you um, give back to society. It's Mm -hmm. how many times you dedicate your time to the homeless shelter to uh, supporting foster foster children. Yada yada yada. And that. Can be all the difference in your success Mm -hmm. and how you engage and feel about yourself in the world. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, so volunteer, advocate, help people out. Oh, yeah. Donate your money if you have it. And if not, there is like a million things you can do. Like you can sign a petition for people to stop dumping chemicals into the Mm -hmm. sea. Yeah. That could be your way of helping. Uh Like it doesn't have to be going from being single to raising children. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, just...
0: we're not all on the same path. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's for what we're sure, also yeah. talking about. We're not all, like, we like to gauge, like, our success based off, off our peers and mm-hmm. everyone else. But it's not the truth. Like, dude, what yeah. do you want? Like, what is it that you want to do? Like, what are you passionate about? Why don't you get involved? Like, I'm not shitting on protesters. I want you guys to protest and do what you do. Like, that that is important. That's very, right. very sure. important for American society right now to be protesting and doing what they... I want y'all to do that. But I also want y'all to consider maybe... Getting involved in those areas that where y'all, where people need help that you're passionate about. That's, 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 that's it right there. That's, that's, if it's saving the wells, dude, go save the fucking wells. If it's fostering kids, go foster kids. Yeah. Dude, do what you got to do. But yeah, I'm, I'm an idiot. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you know, yeah. I, I got my beliefs. I don't know if they're right or wrong, Kelly. I, um, I'm I'm figuring all this stuff out, but I I will say um, I'm 100 percent resonating with everything you said so far, and I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of truth to it, and I definitely believe a lot of what you're saying. Well, thanks. And um, I I yeah. definitely support everything you're doing. And um,
2: thank
0: you. I think I think we're getting close to wrapping this up, and I think it's actually mm-hmm. gone on longer than our last one. To be wow. honest,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, which is crazy because we went on a few tangents about relationships and yeah. I mean, remember what else?
2: Yeah,
0: Just, yeah. You want to? Before we we do, mm-hmm. um, you want to do what we did last time? There was the yeah. you wanted to ask you asked me that yeah, question. let me ask you because this is a cool question, and then yeah. I'll ask you mine that Thank I ask you for everyone.
1: Me of that, yeah. So taking over the podcast for a second, I'm going to ask the host yeah. a question. <laughs> um, okay, so I heard this on the radio and loved it. Um, something I'll never forget is they were asking if if your life is a book. And this season of her life is a chapter. What would the name of this chapter be? So, Tyler, what would it be?
0: So, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to my same answer as yesterday, I think, because there's a lot of things going on in my life right now. Um, um, it's Amora Fati. And Amora Fati is another Stoic belief or mantra, which means um, not only to bear it but to love it because not only to um, love that you just lost your job, not only to love that um, you didn't get the job you wanted, not only to love that you're struggling and as crazy as it may seem, not only to love that you lost a loved one because no amount of anger or sadness will bring them back or progress you. And I, I went on to say like about Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee has the saying, be like water Um, take the good, uh, disregard the bad and make the good authentically your own. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I said another one, I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Jocko Willicks, um, retired Navy SEAL. He has like this video, you should check it out. It's called good. Mm -hmm. And he's like, didn't get the high speed gear. Good. (laughs) Um, you, uh, you lost the promotion. Good. Like it's the idea that when you're going through bullshit, which we all go through and a lot of people are going through right now. Uh To love it, it's like, uh, to to (laughs) To love it, to love it.
1: (laughs) Really love it. Love it, it. God dang.
0: But to love what you're going through because, I mean, there's nothing, like some a lot of things are out of our control. And I've learned in my life it's a lot about getting out of my, yeah, a lot of it's getting out of my own way. Mm -hmm. And when you engage with love, you really take on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You begin to want to fix your problem you're currently in. And I know that's hard to hear for a lot of people right now because a lot of people are in a really shitty situation with COVID and the economic despair we're going through. And I really feel for you guys. But to love what you're going through will um, definitely interface the way you approach a lot of your situation right now in a very Mm -hmm. different factor. And I'm personally going through some stuff I'm not happy with. Um, it's, it's been a, uh, there's a lot of transitions with my newborn son and job changes and yada, yada, yada. And I'm kind of getting put through the ringer on a lot of things I'm not exactly excited about, but I'm trying and I'm not perfect at this. It's, and it's not an easy thing to do, but I'm trying to, so the chapter of my life is more Fati to love what I'm going through right now because I need to learn to, because as mad as I get and as many times, as you've probably heard me say, fuck this, fuck that. Like it's not getting me anywhere, and I know that, but yeah, that's that's the chapter. What is what is yeah. yours, Kelly?
1: Mine is uh like transitioning, transitioning through life, and I just mean like this whole year, as in like from last well, in October to now, it's been a transition of being in a long term relationship to being single to being Mm -hmm. single to being a parent to being a parent now back to single and and it's just a weird you know the only constant has really been my job and I've moved a lot been through different cars different kids different friends and it's honestly been good it's been what I've needed so yeah mine's definitely transition
0: it's awesome Mm -hmm. and you know um, for a lot of people that don't know me and me and Kelly have been pretty long term friends. Um, I'd I wouldn't say on and off, but mm. like we were we we definitely like I, I joined the military and went. And I lost contact with a lot of people, mm. but when I came back home, I rekindled a lot of those relationships, and Kelly being one of them.
2: Yeah. And um,
0: it's it's crazy uh, to see. I, I I'm not I'm I'm not gonna say for you more so because I think I was like more of a shithead growing up. Yeah, but I mean, sure. every, teenagers. <laughs> Teenagers don't know what the fuck they want, and if you're a teenager, dude, twenty twenty, I didn't know what I wanted at twenty two, and I was an NCO in in the United States Army at twenty two years old, and I still didn't know what I wanted then, and I don't know if I want know what I want
2: now, to be honest,
0: but more or less, um, it's it's crazy to see you where you're at right now, and I think it's so awesome um, to still be friends with you man like yeah. it's really cool like it really is been a, a
1: wild journey <laughs> you're, you're a really
0: awesome person <laughs> and it, it means a lot that you, you you've obviously valued our friendship probably mm-hmm. more so Camilla. <laughs> 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 probably probably yeah. more so my wife because she's, she's for sure she's, but you come
1: along with her and that's okay yeah. too yeah. <laughs> no,
0: it's okay <laughs> no I love
1: you guys for sure
0: <laughs> but um it's I'm really excited to see uh Grace Within Me grow and um Um, and watch you grow because I've definitely it's it's like I said it's it's crazy to see where where we Mm -hmm. were uh when we were sitting in in class just goofing around to like where we are now and it's it's awesome it really is
1: not knowing where our life would take Mm -hmm. us up till this point yeah and it's cool to to see each other go through all these different transitions it's lifelong Mm -hmm. friends is Mm -hmm. like a weird Mm -hmm. a weird thing yeah
0: very different paths and very awesome results so far yeah I, I and um I've never been one to um no matter where my friends were in life. I think I've told you this a few times since you've been out here. Like I never like gauge anybody on their current position in life. Like I will always be a good friend to all my friends, no matter if they're making a thousand million billion trillion dollars Mm -hmm. or if they're making a few bucks an hour, you know, it's, it's, you never know. And that goes back to like the success thing. Like what is success to you is not the same success to me as you like, I got plenty of friends. They're not, Fucking doing what I'm doing. But they're happy and they're awesome to be around. So I'm going to keep fucking being around those people because mm-hmm. they excite me. And, yeah. Well, um, you ready for my question? Yes, I
1: think okay. so.
0: Okay, so my question is, I'm a magic genie and you have three wishes. What are your three wishes? Mm-hmm. And um, you can wish people back from the dead. You can wish for goofy ass shit. You can wish for whatever you want. Okay. Um, only thing that will remain is you can't wish for more wishes. Okay. Three wishes.
1: So the first, going back to my materialistic roots, is I want my dream home, Mm -hmm. um, which is the biggest one story you've ever seen in your life, 70s style, with all the antique, mid-century, modern-type furniture you can imagine. Um, Land, maybe some animals. uh, Probably... A cook, because I love cleaning, hate cooking. Um, yeah, so that's my first wish. My second wish would to be uh, financially able enough to raise six kids, possibly four to six. I think that's is a good a tall number. Order. Yeah, on my own, like as a single person, not saying I like don't want to get married or don't yeah. hope for that, but just as Kelly be able to financially provide all these kids in my dream home. And lastly, um, I hope for world peace. No, I I do hope for that. Don't think it's achievable, but I think mine would just be for my family as a whole. If I could wish for us to always stick together, be happy, be healthy. You know, the the Brandon... Including my sister, even though she's a traitor and got married and now is (laughs) Summer Woods. But Uh, um, the Brandon clan to, you know, carry on and be for our generations and generations after to be like, wow, what a tight knit, cool family that's stuck together. So, yeah, those are my wishes.
0: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I've always loved your family. Me and Cody are boys for life, I think. Yeah. He's he's awesome. I love yeah, I love Joe group. and uh, Joe and um and Ricky. Yeah.
1: Yeah, awesome I hope we too. can uh, continue. My brother needs to have some children to continue the brand and name. I hope Yes, he does. Yeah. My uh, side note is my plan because uh, people in my life seem to be really concerned about whether I'm ever going to be in a relationship and get married. But my concern, I mean not my concern, that's everyone else's concern, but my um my sorry, I was a crying baby in the background. I got distracted. Um, sorry dad. for everyone's
0: listening. We have a newborn in the house, and um, I'm not a podcast like awesome professional or anything. Um, I'm still new to this, so we don't have like an actual studio. Yeah, and I'm not gonna let my baby just you know what's the word I'm looking for. I'm not gonna cry it
1: out. Yeah, yeah. If you gotta cry, he's gonna cry. And if, if you
0: guys gotta hear it, you're gonna hear it. I'm sorry yeah. about you, but uh, he's an awesome baby. And uh, his mom is in there taking care of him right now. But yeah. Anyways, keep
2: going. Sorry. Okay.
1: So my thing is people are concerned about whether I'm ever in to relationship, be married. But my plan is to adopt children before I'm ever in a relationship again. So their last name will be Brandon. And mm. then when I get married,
2: mm-hmm.
1: non-traditionally, maybe my husband can change his last name to Brandon. Mm. I like so this I brand- And if not, then we'll just have different last names because that's also apparently a thing.
0: That's that's what's up.
1: Yeah, and then my kids will continue the Brandon. Hell oh, yeah. Yeah, because I like being called Kelly Brandon. I like that name. Yeah, it's a good one.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. What if a what is it possible another name could come along and be like, yeah, I like that too, or not? Nah.
1: Um, or I'm not even considering likely it. the last person I dated, his last name started with a B, and so mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll still be Kelly B, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Not opposed to that. I don't know. I just. Right now, I feel very single and independent, raising mm-hmm. my own kids, Yeah, financially capable. You're making it happen. Yeah. Like, you know that don't need no man. Like, for real, mm. that's how I feel right now. You and don't need no man, Kelly. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I yeah. have kids and all their last <laughs> names are Brandon and... It's just me and my little Brandon clan. I am a okay with that. Roger that. I like it. Yeah, that's a goal for now. Hell yeah. And if some man decides he wants to put up with all that, then good Um, on you. mm -hmm. Hopefully, I know this because I'm Mm -hmm. mad about that. (laughs)
0: Um. So, um, let's. I think let's wrap this up. You want to go ahead and um tell people where they can find out more about grace within me and mm-hmm. more about yourself and yada 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 yes. and where it can also can people donate on the grace within me website so cool yeah
1: so uh grace within me's website is gracewithinme.org um you can donate you can apply to volunteer you can fill out um an email thing if you want to join our mailing list email me if you have supplies you want me to come pick up um and we also have an Instagram, grace.within.me. And Facebook, I think, is just Grace Within me. Actually, not too sure about that. But I mostly post on Instagram, anyways. Anything on Facebook is just a duplicate of Instagram. Um, my personal Instagram is Princess Pearl. Facebook is Kelly Brandon. Um, yeah. And I think all my information is on my website if people want to donate, want to get involved. Literally anything helps if you don't have things to donate. If you don't have money or time, we have what's called our Notes of Encouragement. Just a little note card you can fill out with encouraging words for the children in foster care or who are being adoptive for their parents or for the homeless. Um, And that's Uh obviously appreciated as well because those go in all the bags that we give out. Awesome. Yep.
0: Where where can people go to donate or not donate? Where can people in Fort Worth uh, go to... Uh, get involved in things right now if they wanted to?
1: Because I know um, you mentioned Union yeah. Gospel and stuff
2: like yeah. that. Yeah,
1: if you go to Union Gospel Mission, they're always in need of volunteers, and also because of COVID, they're not doing, um, they're not letting the, what we call the outside people, the homeless people, come mm-hmm. in. We're just feeding residents, so they're doing sacked lunches, and or breakfast and lunch, I think, for those people. So if you want to do, they need about 150 a day, I believe, of sack lunches, so you can do that um and call them or email them to let them know you bring them to their warehouse Presbyterian Night Shelter I believe is in need of volunteers not really familiar with the other ones cuz those are the only two that I've really been in contact with um but yeah any city you live in figure out what your city needs like the city of Fort Worth has a newsletter that goes out every month and it talks about events going on construction that's happening things you can do to get involved Me and some friends did Trash Bash recently and cleaned up the Trinity River, and that was really fun. Um, So, yeah, get involved.
2: Hell, yeah.
0: Well, Kelly, I think that wraps things up. You got anything else?
1: That is all I have for today. Dude,
0: I really appreciate you, like, doing this with me. This has been a lot of fun. I think it was better the second time around, too. Mm -hmm. And I definitely want to have you on again if you're open to doing that. And, like... Thank you. You're the first live show, and thank you for being a yeah. trooper because we had some
2: yeah. <laughs> shitty
0: problems, and I was like literally like thinking, out, like, I cannot do Kelly this way. So, like I appreciate it. So, fuck yeah, we did it. We did it.
1: We're out, boys. Woo!
0: All right, guys, that wraps up the show. Um, thanks for tuning in. Um, wow. Kelly B., ladies and gentlemen, what an awesome person. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes so you guys can go check out uh, Grace Within Me website so you guys can donate or get involved. Um, I appreciate everybody listening in. Super awesome. Um, Super, super, super duper awesome. Um, I got some more shows lined up for you guys. Um, Please like, share, and subscribe. Sorry. Um, As you know, I'm illiterate and can't speak. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you later.